Is there ever a time when sexual or physical violence should be forgiven? Do these people need help or should this be sent to jail? I mean, they probably need both. Yeah. Just because a person is a president mm -hmm. or a prime minister or a celebrity mm -hmm. or even like a highly regarded uh, professor, yeah. he's, it doesn't mean he cannot do this. Hello, Globies. Welcome to the World Health Investigation Podcast. My name is Jocelyn. I'm Edna. We are Young Global Health Professionals and your hosts for the World Health Investigation Podcast. Also known as the WHI, we will be discussing all things global health, unpacking the most controversial health and social issues, as well as promoting new ways global health development and equity. So, Eddie, what's the tea in global health today? As you can all see, we have a special guest. <laughs> We have a very special guest, Dr. Cockadon. You want to say hello? Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have a very, very interesting topic for today. Before we get into our topic, I'd just like to introduce our guest. So as we have here, Dr. Cockadon, she is a medical doctor from Ethiopia. She came to the UK and did her master's in public health at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. Shout out. <laughs> Gang, gang. Yeah, and now she's also a policy associate at Women in Global Health, doing some great things. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for coming. We are so lucky to have her here. So yeah. if you're not listening, you better listen because we have a very special guest. For yes. <laughs> okay, so that's, we can now transition into our topic of the week. Mm -hmm. So before we get into it, I do want to put a trigger warning that we may be discussing sen sensitive topics such as rape or sexual assault or violence. So if you have been a victim or this would be this would trigger you, please um yeah, just a warning right now so yeah. you know that it's coming. Mm -hmm. So I get into our case study. Um so the topic for today is sexual and gender-based violence. Yeah. And our case study is we have two case studies. Number one, it's around a young woman's personal experience. Edna, do you want to read that out for the people? Yes. Um, so the, the story goes, so a man who followed an intoxicated teenager off the bus, uh, followed her off a bus and violently raped her, uh, was convicted of rape and kidnapped with intent to commit a sexual offense back in 2020. Mm. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and what's the witness? Were there any testimonies, witnesses? Yeah, so witness testimony said they had only seen one person but described this man as a different ethnicity to the offender. Okay. Yeah. Um, so this the reason why we even have this case that obviously we've heard of so many stories around sexual assault, right? Yeah. We've, we've this is not the first time that we hear of stories like this. There have been stories of like women disappearing, especially even in twenty twenty mid pandemic. We've heard mm -hmm. of so many stories of women disappearing. But when you hear when you're hearing of this case study, what are your initial thoughts when you hear that a woman was violently raped by a man, and um, she had to go through. Uh, uh, so much screening and have to relive this experience and explain what happened. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it was difficult to actually, for her and her witness to identify who this man was. What are your initial thoughts on that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My initial thoughts, uh, when you actually mentioned the witness part, that's mm -hmm. something that was very much triggering because Mostly when these things happen, there are no witnesses mm -hmm. or bystanders. Yeah. So we, if we ask witnesses, like every time this happened, we may never 
go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a very challenging part mm-hmm. of it. Like mostly they happen behind closed doors mm-hmm. and it's the testimony of the woman mm-hmm. and also the person who, who did that to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's always very critical not to press, like that's something that why women don't report their cases because mm-hmm. nobody would believe them. Yes. So when they are asked to provide witnesses, that's which they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which that's a very... Uh, important thing when you actually address it mm-hmm. secondly uh the, the other thing is like somehow it's now like you just mentioned it it has has happened a lot mm-hmm. and it has become somehow normal a normal mm-hmm. thing it's becoming normalized mm-hmm. so how do we ensure that it's not okay mm-hmm. mm. should we should not it's, it should not be something that we say oh it's a current news that this is happening mm-hmm. but this is not it shouldn't happen mm-hmm. it should not uh, and it's a very critical human rights violation and mm-hmm. seen as such mm-hmm. and it's just a criminal investigation mm. so i see it that way that's the first impression that I have when I heard the yeah. case story. Mm-hmm. The yeah. case story. Wow. <laughs> you touched on everything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, to to your last point about it not being normal, that that was sort of my reaction. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like, a, oh, just another story yeah. of such things happening. It's like mm-hmm. we've had so many stories of this that I'm like, oh, yeah, this is just something that happens. But like you're saying, it's not something that we should normalize. Mm-hmm. It's still something that is very wild it's still crazy it's outrageous it's angering it's Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 not okay it's not okay and i think that even with this case story just to go into a bit more detail Mm -hmm. um from what they said was that the the witness could not necessarily could not properly account how many people were involved Mm. she had like a vague memory of like okay Mm. could have been one man could have been five Mm. um and so in to us we're we're all women here we we can understand the implication of what that is but when you go into court mm. and they usually look for evidence yeah. they want you to tell you they want you to sound sure mm. and in this case if you're not sure then it's almost like you're making this up mm. so what can we do in this case i'm like it's it's so sensitive but it's also like why <sighs> When it comes to sexual assault and violence like this, like how can we make it better for for women that have experienced something similar to this and they're having to to go through that whole trauma process again and explain their story and and even like the judge may not even believe them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because in th- in her case, she 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 didn't have a a vivid memory of how many people yeah. were involved, yeah. and then the witness said that it's actually the ethnicity is different from what she has identified. Mm. So it's quite it, it's quite complex, complex. This one, yeah, yeah, very tough. Mm. It's very tough because I think as well, the way trauma can impact someone's brain and even their memory. It's it, you you just don't know what will happen. I've heard yeah. stories of you know, people who've been assaulted and they'll say maybe for some time they didn't even remember what happened or Mm. like there's literally a gap in their memory Mm -hmm. and then one day something will trigger and they'll be like, oh my God, that's what happened. Mm. So the the trauma itself can already impact like your your brain, your memory, just as a coping mechanism. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you. Like beyond the actual acts, it's like the long-term in the Mm -hmm. immediate trauma that affects you. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very critical and yeah. should be addressed accordingly. Yeah. That's why they need, like, any person who experiences such things should not only physically, like, treated, like, but psychological rehabilitation mm-hmm. is very critical mm-hmm. to actually avoid this long-term trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's that's very true. And I think most of the time when we when we think of of 
sexual assault, right? Mm -hmm. We can almost now think, okay, we've we've heard of these stories before Mm -hmm. and we're almost familiar with them, sadly Mm -hmm. speaking. Um, but it doesn't end at, you know, the ground level. We, we've we seen celebrities, <laughs> mm. seen high public figures that mm-hmm. have been allegedly <laughs> accused <laughs> of sexual violence, gender-based violence, rape, anything. So our typical, a very, very common case study that we've heard of is R. Kelly. Mm. R. Kelly, you know, if you've heard of his songs before, I won't sing it now because even singing the song <laughs> would be controversial. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just I'm just gonna read out what um the the some of the the uh, accusations that happened mm-hmm. and what followed eventually. Of course. So with R. Kelly, he shortly he followed the following the release of uh, his song called Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. Hmm. <laughs> Suspicious. Age Ain't Nothing But a Number. <laughs> when he was about to marry Aliyah, who was 15 years old. 15, 15. At the time. Yeah, and he was 27. 27 years <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah. Can we just like let that sink in? You know. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah, that and um, but on the on the marriage certificate, it was listed that she was 18. So oh. Mm. Oh, mm-hmm. allegedly, mm. allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was actually was eighteen, and this was just not the this was, this was not the beginning of of his um what do you call it crimes crimes <laughs> yes I'll say it yeah. crimes, crimes. beginning it was not the beginning because even in back in this in the two thousands um there was a first report that the police made and they made two investigations that Kelly was having sex with an underage female but had to drop the investigations due to lack of cooperation by the girls accusing him mm-hmm. there was also a civil suit back in nineteen ninety six that detailed allegations of you know um him having sexual relations with an underage high school student and encouraged her to record her school friends oh. and pressured her into engaging in group sex with other underage, underage girls. And he eventually was able to drop the lawsuit for about $250,000. Not enough, in my opinion. The, the reason why I'm mentioning the amounts that <laughs> of money that's involved here is to show you that when you have power, things mm. are possible. Things are possible because so how can someone like R. Kelly, how, how, how did he get away with so much? And I'm just, I've listed only two stories here. There were so many allegations. Yeah. And still, people were still not believing it. Mm-hmm. People were like, no, these girls want to ruin his career. Mm-hmm. These girls want to, um, they want fame. How could their parents even allow that? Yes. Victim blaming, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. What, are, what, shaming. Mm-hmm. What, are, yeah. what are our thoughts? What were your thoughts? when you initially heard this R. Kelly scandal. (laughs) (laughs) The R. Kelly scandal, uh, there's nothing, there's no other word for me except like disgusting. Mm. Because like you're saying, it's someone that was very famous. Mm. I remember as a kid jamming to R. Kelly. I loved his songs. We listened Mm -hmm. to them in the car. Innocently. Innocently. (laughs) You're like, this is great. And then to hear about all the horrible things he was doing to uh, young women. Um... Yeah, it's it's like even to this day, I, I can't listen to R. Kelly in peace anymore. I, mm, I could never. Yeah. And that's what also shocked me about, like you were saying, even when these stories were coming out, even when that documentary came out, what was it called? the name of that documentary um you'd still have him going to concerts and mm. lots of women showing up to his concerts. Yeah, um, church, isn't it? Sorry? It's even in church. Even in oh, church. Yeah, he was doing some, some church gospel songs as well. You see now. Um, 
So, yeah, but um, I think to me, I just appreciate still like the bravery, especially of the women that tend to come out against celebrities. Mm. So I think this is what, especially against a celebrity, yeah. I feel like it's almost by default you're going to get this response. Yeah. And we had the whole Me Too movement, mm. um, which I at least am now hoping is getting people to to realize that people in power, people are famous, mm. whether they're good looking or whatever, they're rich, they could also just be abusing people. They could be abusing. And it happens a lot more than you think. Mm-hmm. So now, um, we've in this in these few minutes that we've started the podcast, we have mentioned girls quite a lot. Mm. When you think of sexual and gender-based violence, mm-hmm. who do you think is most at risk? Who are the people, who are the first people that you can think of? that are most at risk in this scenario? Okay, I can go ahead. For example, uh, like when we actually put it as a root cause, there is a power imbalance Mm -hmm. that actually enables this factor. Mm -hmm. So who has whatever, who has that lower power in Mm -hmm. that community or the society, Mm -hmm. they are more at risk. Mm -hmm. For example, it could be like young women, Mm -hmm. if it's young by age-wise, or very older women. It could be the migrants, Mm -hmm. the disabled Mm-hmm. So even within the work structure, if you yeah. actually look at it in the work hierarchy, mm-hmm. those at the lower status are the ones who are huge, hugely affected. Mm-hmm. So when they speak about it or when they actually report the case, they are less too likely to be believed mm-hmm. and they fear the consequence of their action. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the ones that are highly affected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Spot on. Absolutely. For me, um, I immediately thought of just children. General, mm-hmm. just children mm-hmm. in general. Um, I think for me, especially to have something like that happen at a really young age, and mm-hmm. it's like you may not be able to process that. Mm-hmm. You may not even have the vocabulary to describe what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they may not even know what to say, who to say it to. Yeah. It's just, yeah, that, those are the first people that came to my mind. Mm, spot on. Um, yeah, I think you both have mentioned it all. You mentioned people with disabilities, older mm. people, adolescent girls, children, mm-hmm. uh, people in the LGBTI community mm. as well. Um, they do get targeted quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And me- even female heads of households, you know. Yeah. Most of the, a lot of the times, especially like in low and middle income countries where there is a definite like... Um, the gender norms and like gender roles that are assigned, usually the women in the household or like the female head of the household is likely to be at risk of sexual and gender-based violence. So when I think of, when I mention sexual and gender-based violence, what what is your initial understanding of it? Like, do you just think violence, women? What, 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 what are your thoughts? What is the first word that comes to mind? Oh... Crime. Crime. <laughs> yeah, it's crime. So according to the UNHCR, the UN High Commissioner for Refugees, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sexual and gender-based violence refers to any act that is perpetrated against a person's will and is based on gender norms and on equal power relationships, like you said, Kakiden. Mm. And it includes physical, emotional, psychological, sexual violence, and denial of resources or access to services so that also includes denial of things like education Mm. um and then violence includes threats of violence and coercion so it involves in um, inflicting harm on women girls men boys Mm. and it's a severe violation of severe uh uh, several human rights Mm -hmm. so now who do we now think are the perpetrators We've mentioned the people at risk. So who are the people that you would think are the perpetrators? All of them. All of them. 
<laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, who's them? <laughs> Literally anyone. Anyone. Anybody could be as the perpetrator. Mm. Yeah. And like, uh, if you flip the argument that I made earlier, mm-hmm. like if the less powerful are mm-hmm. the ones who are the risk, mm-hmm. and the perpetrators are mostly those who are powerful. Power. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're at workplace, the employers, mm-hmm. supervisor, and someone mm-hmm. who has a power over you somehow mm-hmm. are most uh, perpetrators. Yeah. And you mentioned celebrities. Yeah. Like celebrities, they have like, th- their fame is their power. Their money is the power. Yeah. So the more you have that tendency, the more you will do that. Power so. can corrupt your mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you yeah. have power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very good point. Yeah. So you're right. Anyone. Yeah. It could be anyone. It could be people from host communities, family members, mm-hmm. friends, refugee communities, mm-hmm. even humanitarian actors that you don't mm-hmm. think people that are acting brand big in public. Mm-hmm. They could be doing some very um, fishy things in mm-hmm. private. Um, people are persons of authority, police, security officers, community leaders, like you said, employers, landlords, humanitarian workers. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. anyone. Do not overlook. It could be your husband. It could be your boyfriend. Mm. It could be your girlfriend. It, it could be your wife. It could be. Yeah. So we, we could literally have, so don't, let's not like, you know, point fingers here and there, but mm. we know that anyone could be at risk and anyone could also be a perpetrator. Mm-hmm. So just to raise awareness on that. Now, what is violence? And violence is, well, it's a means of control and oppression that can include emotional or social or economic factors, mm-hmm. such as coercion and pressure. And it can either be overt, like directly physical assault or threatening someone with a weapon, or it can be covert in the form of intimidation, threats, um, I don't know, like persecution, deception of other forms of psychological or social pressure. So that's just, just set definitions clear here. So we yeah. know what we're talking about <laughs> when we're having these conversations. Of course. So now when you think, I mentioned earlier what sexual and gender-based violence is. Now, what do you think off the top of your mind? You, there's no right answer here, okay? Okay. <laughs> what do you think are the types of violence? When you think of sexual and gender-based violence, what are the, what are the types of violence that come to your mind? <sighs> Sexual violence. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Part of the, yeah. the yeah. 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 For me, I feel like it, it's almost like on a scale mm. in terms of like it can be as small as just like being catcalled. Mm. You may not think that's like a violent act, but that's still like, you know, uninvited, for mm. example, to rape, Yeah. to, you know, actual like physical like being being beaten for example mm-hmm. and there is also the emotional like psychological yes violence yeah, yeah. also mm-hmm. even if that person does not hit you mm-hmm. they could also inflict yeah covert mm-hmm. yeah yeah and emma you mentioned cat calling mm. and this um, i've heard a few people mentioning things like oh you know cat calling is not a problem because you know how can why do women always complain about things like you have a guy that's like obsessing over you and he likes you and he likes mm-hmm. the way you look so you guys should be you should be happy that you're getting people that are like obsessed with you in the street why is that problematic i find it problematic i think back to this idea of who has power mm. in that instance me personally for example if i'm just by myself walking and then someone is cat calling me i'm like i don't know you i don't know how you're gonna react mm-hmm. i'm like especially if you're a man and you seem bigger than me i'm like you could easily overpower me yeah so that to me is why it ends up being 
more like a threat rather than like, ah, he's obsessed with me. Mm. Yeah. And also you mentioned about when you define violence or harassment, you mentioned that it is something that's uncalled for, mm-hmm. unasked for. It's something that's against your counsel. So yeah. if a person maybe likes that, I, I, they can actually talk about themselves, but they cannot say it's okay mm-hmm. for all everybody. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm not comfortable in that act, mm-hmm. like, and it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. The it's key- just uncalled for. Yeah. It's uncalled for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's unwalkable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and most people don't feel safe in this environment. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna lie. Someone is ca- calling me. I'm trying to go home. It's dark. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm not here. Like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to run home because mm-hmm. I don't feel safe in this place. Mm-hmm. And I actually saw um someone did like a poll on TikTok around um asking women what would you do if there were no men on earth. Obviously, it's like a hypothetical question, right? Very what would you do if there were no men on earth? Guess what the answer was? I know what I would do. Well, what would, actually, let me ask you. <laughs> what would you do if there were... Obviously, we need men. Hey, don't start saying that I'm a man. I'm a man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we need men. But like, what if, if there were no men on the planet, what's the first thing you would do? I would literally take a nice long walk at night, <laughs> listening to my music, <laughs> my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> At I night. think I would do the same. Yeah. yeah. But never thought of it. But yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. It makes sense. So, like, I, I saw a lot of men being offended. Like, ah, men need women, women need men. Like, no, it's not an offensive question. It's a question that we're asking because, yeah, most women did say that. That they, oh. the number of girls that said, I will walk in the middle of the night. I will walk around the street. Like, that's what they said. Some of you said, I'll walk half naked. (laughs) So they say things like they will feel comfortable. So it's just to show you that Mm. we're not, when we're saying that we don't, many women don't like getting catcalled. It's not out of, oh, we think we're this superior. No, Mm -hmm. it's because many women do not feel safe in this environment, Mm -hmm. especially in this case where, you know, people are getting kidnapped, but getting, I don't know, raped and whatnot. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's quite... It's, it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I think it speaks for itself. Yeah. And I think even like uh, over the pandemic, we had that story of the, the woman who was attacked in the tube. Mm-hmm. So it's just to even show you that it, no matter where you are, you could just you never know. You never you know. You just never know. So yeah, that's, I'm just highlighting this because that's very related to our topic for today. And obviously the, these Things like cat calling are microaggressions. Mm-hmm. There, there's a, I think there's a pyramid of around violence. It's not sexual and gender based violence. It's not, it's not always hardcore rape or mm-hmm. like someone screaming and fighting. It starts from things like cat calling, the things that people that are enabling these things to happen or, 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 or just overlooking these situations. So yeah, let's be active, um, just active by active people in, 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 standing up for for women's rights and not just women like victims of sexual assault and survivors as well okay so now just to ask me a question like so you mentioned a few things like psychological consequences right you mentioned mm-hmm. that like sometimes the the victim may not recall everything properly because mm-hmm. there are some consequences mm-hmm. to to being physically or sexually assaulted so mm-hmm. what are some of the i'm gonna ask that to calculate because i think she probably <laughs> is best place to answer this question yeah so what are some of the consequences like the medical consequences psychological consequences of being um assaulted sexually or physically yeah uh like you actually mentioned it, the first one is the physical mm-hmm. health of the mm-hmm. woman that, that mm-hmm. we need to work on for mm-hmm. example if She's like beaten, like there is actually physical evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if in case of rape, for example, there would be different sexually transmitted infection that mm. a woman face 
even pregnancy. And there is like actually physical illness that would happen mm-hmm. that following that. Mm-hmm. Uh, additional to that, the psychological part is like more on the mental health side of it, starting mm-hmm. from the trauma that it would cause her. So like a lot of findings show that women are associated with like stress, depression, mm-hmm. anxiety following sexual harassment and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. So that's like the like the most the medical like the physical and mental health mm-hmm. aspect mm-hmm. of consequence of it. Yeah. But you, if you go deeper, for example, uh, mostly I work within the health sector and mm-hmm. sexual exploitation and abuse and harassment within the health sector. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if a nurse is uh, harassed mm-hmm. and abused, and she would have also this also have a consequence on her work, mm-hmm. in her personal life. Mm-hmm. So there would be huge absenteeism, and she would not be pre- performing her work properly, and that would have a consequence on the patient as well. So mm-hmm. the quality of service they provide is also jeopardized. jeopardized. Yeah. So yeah. generally, it's when we talk about generally this sexual exploitation, abuse, and harassment, it's not only personal issue. It yeah. becomes. It has like health cost and societal cost mm-hmm. that we need to, to look into. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but personally, but at the first thing, at the first glance, something that we should focus on is the person mm-hmm. who's affected. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the physical and mental health is uh, the immediate consequence mm-hmm. that is like faced by the yeah. victim or survivor. And I've I've heard even with some victims, they've mentioned that they feel guilty that it happened. They feel mm-hmm. like they they wish they had maybe not gone at that particular location, yeah. if they had gone there instead, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That constant feeling of guilt is something that, mm-hmm. that happened quite a lot. Post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. depression, anxiety, all these like psychological consequences. Mm-hmm. But also medical consequences. Yeah. Um, they're more susceptible to STIs, like HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, obviously, you know, uh, pregnancy, unwanted pregnancies. Mm-hmm. And, and last I think a few weeks ago we mentioned talked about abortion and, mm-hmm. and the legalization of abortion yeah. and some of them are not able to access some of these services no. so they end up going for you know um, unsafe abortions and leading to more complications more maternal complications mm-hmm. in this case so it it's a whole um, chain you know mm-hmm. it's like a it, it doesn't just start with sexual assault. It goes, it complicates things physically, um, emotionally, psychologically, mm-hmm. everything. Now, um, some of the forms of violence, sexual violence, as I mentioned, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned sexual violence, but they're, diff- they're even within that sexual violence, yeah. there are even different forms of sexual violence. You know, there's mm-hmm. rape, such as marit- marital rape and just like rape. Mm-hmm. There's child and sex- child sexual abuse. There's... Um, for suddenly or anal rape, which can be, usually happens from, let's say, from man to man mm-hmm. or like from woman to man or, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's also quite common. Mm-hmm. There's attempted rape, there's sexual abuse, sexual exploitation, which, which is usually abuse of power. Mm-hmm. There's forced prostitution or forced sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sexual harassment such as catcalling and welcome calling and whatnot mm-hmm. and also sexual violence used as a weapon in war mm. and torture yeah. so some of the soldiers would rape a woman as a reward for having fought well which is very problematic in my opinion yeah. <laughs> <laughs> disturbing very disturbing. very disturbing on top of that so physical violence including like trafficking slavery mm. um abuse humiliation public disclosure of nudes Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm talking to you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And then also harmful traditional practices. Yeah. Mm. Let's not forget. Yeah. Female genital mutilation. Yes. That's not okay. Early marriage, forced marriage. It still happens quite a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, or even like honor killing, which is when a woman, for example, yeah. can you can pour acid on a on a young woman's face as punishment for bringing shame to the to family. family. Mm-hmm. For say for attempting to marry someone that's not chosen by the family. Yeah. Um, infanticide, denial of education for women and girls. Then there's also social economic violence, which can mm. be denial of education mm-hmm. rights, mm-hmm. Um, obstructive legislative practice. So there, there's so many branches here. And obviously this is quite a broad topic, but there's only so much we can cover in this one episode. <laughs> so it encompasses so many issues. I mean, yeah. it is a global health concern. And mm-hmm. why why should we care in this case? Now, what when, I come, when, it, when it comes to statistics, how many people, how many people do you think would experience some form of sexual and gender-based violence in their lifetime? Just guess. People in general. Like how many people in the world? Oh, like... um, I would say a good... A good... One quarter. (laughs) One quarter? Like one in four. One in four? Yeah. One in three. One in three? Yeah. Ah, she, <laughs> yeah. That's very, I think I've, I have heard the statistic before myself. Yeah. One in three. Yeah. So yeah, we're three women here. So we are telling me that one out of the three of us will experience some form of sexual mm. or gender-based violence in our lifetime. That is quite daunting to think of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not nice. Yeah. You're right. So it is one in three, um, Kokidan. So yeah, one in three um, women would experience this and the numbers are actually quite staggering 35% of women worldwide have experienced either physical or sexual intimate partner violence and 7% of women have been sexually assaulted by someone other than their partner mm. and globally we have up to 38% of murders uh, of women are committed by an intimate partner yeah yeah so most of a lot of the time it happens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with someone. Yeah, someone sure. you know. Someone you know. Um, now, I have an open question. Now, we've mentioned we have all these numbers, and these are actually numbers that are that are underestimated, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the time, reporting doesn't happen. So why why is it that, why don't people file reports about sexual assaults, or why do, you, do they usually take so long? Um, if I was to take a guess from what I've heard, I think it's because there's a lot of shame mm. attached to it. There's a lot of shame in even having to admit that you were assaulted or you were attacked, especially by someone you know, mm. someone who is well known by others. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's shame, there's fear for consequences of like, mm-hmm. if I report this person, what will happen then? Mm-hmm. If I report this, what, let's say, you know, someone who faces um, domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. If I report my husband, what's going to happen to my children? What's mm-hmm. going to ha- if he's the one that earns all the money in the household, yeah. what's going to happen then? Mm-hmm. So I think there's also fear attached to it, yeah. depending on your circumstances. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with her. Mm-hmm. Something that I would add is like there is a lack if there is a lack of knowledge what sexual mm. harassment is, explo- abuse is, or mm-hmm. exploitation is, you just normalize it or minimize yeah. the consequence. Mm-hmm. So you just say, okay, this is the no- social norm that yeah. you grow up with. You somehow normalize this. So mm-hmm. that's the reason for not reporting. Mm-hmm. Additionally. What if there is no reporting authority or reporting mm. mechanism? Mm. Who do you report to? Mm. Like, if you don't know where to report, who to mm-hmm. tell, 
then you're mm-hmm. not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another issue that actually comes up also is you report the case and nothing is done. Yeah. So why go through the travel? Yeah. If they make you go through the legal process of like 18 months or two years of process. So why do you put yourself into that? So mm-hmm. when the process, the investigation is so lengthy and you don't have an actual positive response that you've heard before. Yeah. Just don't want to report it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah, the that's point? like the most. Mm-hmm. That's the term mostly used by mm-hmm. survivors. Of yeah, such act. Yeah, I, I've heard that a lot as well. Like you know, when you look at the statistics and the success rates of like re- cases that are actually reported actually end up going to court, and then the person actually ends up being charged for the crime. Mm-hmm. And you look at that su- success rate; it's so low that victims, like you're saying, survivors, they say, "What's the point?" Like the point? you know, first of all, I've been believed. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's 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 true. And I, when you mentioned the the fact that a lot of the time the perpetrators will not be arrested, mm-hmm. it is true. And I think that. This just for some statistic, only in the U.S., only 5% of perpetrators will be arrested. Wow. Just that's, to confirm. Shocking. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect 5%. Yes. 5%. And mm-hmm. that's arrested. Only 2.5% of perpetrators will actually go to prison. 25 To prison. Wow. So that's even lower. Mm-hmm. So and that's in U.S. That's mm. in the U.S., yeah. yeah. So if you're wondering why some of these um, people would not report, this is likely the reason why. And also, they don't always feel safe because most of the time, if you've been this, um, if you've survived um, sexual assault, uh, your life is threatened. They will tell you that if you don't, if you tell someone, I will kill you. Mm. Yeah. That's usually the same. But they don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I would fire you, mm-hmm. or I would like, yeah, do it again. Yeah. yeah. So what, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I'll release Especially your Especially if he's your intimate partner, yeah. what are you going to do? Like, if you're, like, as you mentioned, economically dependent on mm. that person, or if you don't, if your parents don't trust you, or your friend don't trust you, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I think, something troubling that I just remember where I feel like, for example, I'm from Zimbabwe, so I feel like that is. Sadly enough, sometimes domestic abuse is quite normalized. Mm. And I've heard cases where women, sometimes they can go to members of their own family and they'll report, they'll say, this is what my husband is doing to me in my home and they'll actually admit to it. Mm -hmm. But then the family members might just say, oh, you just have to keep going. You just have to, you know, forgive him, just Mm -hmm. have to stay in the household and Mm -hmm. all of these things, which again also makes women feel like okay maybe my story will be believed but no one will want me to will mm-hmm. want to do anything about it or want to help me get out of this situation mm-hmm. i'm almost stuck here and it's the mm-hmm. expectation that i should just carry on because other women in my family have or other mm-hmm. people i know are going through the same thing and it's just what happens in a marriage yeah, yeah. and 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 i think even for some of them you would you you could be a woman, you go and say that, okay, I've been um, physically abused by my husband. And they'll ask you how many times? Mm. Was it just once? <sighs> Come on. Mm. <laughs> Come on. So it's what you call it. It's almost the, they almost expect you to endure and hold the marriage together, yeah. hold the household together. Mm-hmm. So your, 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 uh, your strength as a woman or your strength as a wife is depending on your ability to survive pain yeah so that that's quite problematic mm-hmm. um so now that leads me on to my next question we know that most of the time these women or people like young even children don't report 
um, um, these cases. So why do you think that people are reluctant to believe the stories of survivors of sexual assault? Why are people, why do people not believe them? It's a really good question. Good question. Um, I will say, like, for example, what I've heard a lot of the times, especially speaking to men, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes troubling, especially in cases of uh, celebrities and people who are famous. Um, a lot of the times the, the, the explanation I you hear is, oh, because the woman just wants they have ulterior motives. Clearly this person is famous and they're rich. So this girl uh, clearly wants to benefit out of that or take advantage of the situation Mm -hmm. because she doesn't have money and all these things. Mm -hmm. So there's some suggestion there that, you know, people want attention. People just want to exploit others by throwing out these Mm -hmm. accusations. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. Yeah. It's a very, like, very tough question. That yeah. a question to be asked for those who doesn't believe the woman. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, it's, it's the fact that uh, I don't know. Like earlier, we talk about it. Who can be a perpetrator? And you, we said anyone. Mm-hmm. So, for example, those professors that you respect. Those mm. people that you would think they're married, a person who's mm. like very well mannered. Mm. So he's considered highly and regarded highly in the society. Mm-hmm. And you, when you talk about that person doing this, like you're challenging their, like the reality of that person. Yeah. So something that we really need to advocate is like everyone could do that. Mm-hmm. So it's done behind the door. Mm-hmm. And so just because a person is a president mm-hmm. or a prime minister or a celebrity mm-hmm. or even like a highly regarded uh, professor, yeah, he's, it doesn't mean he cannot do this, he cannot no. commit this. Yes. So, so these like norms or like figures that we actually put in, about the person mm-hmm. are the ones are judge, judging, mm-hmm. like judging our like thinking or clouding our thinking. Yeah. So that I think that could be one of the reasons, but mm-hmm. I could not say <laughs> for them. <laughs> it's very like difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you raised an important one. And even in the examples you listed, what else came to my mind was like pastors, church leaders, yeah. people exactly. that you people have this expectation of like, ah, yes, these are holy people. No. These are people on a higher moral ground or something that can never do any wrong but hmm. yeah so imagine a girl going after that person yeah 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 she's powerless first of all she's powerless yeah like why would she just wake up one day and say ah it is that pastor that i want to target Mm -hmm. i mean like it's it's i think it's quite problematic to think and i agree i agree with you that um a lot of the times it's people of high social status Mm. people you it's not always a perpetrator will not necessarily look like some violent man in the streets yeah Yeah. it could be someone very well dressed in a suit smelling nice nice in person has all these academic awards all these um qualifications and they are a perpetrator as well so that's one of the also one of the reasons another thing is sometimes yeah people people would also assume based on like gender stereotypes that women want attention mm-hmm. or she she just wants attention mm-hmm. she just wants to feel play the victim yeah. or whatever so that yeah, i think those are, those would be to me those would be some of the reasons yeah and what i think is is funny is also like there's this common misconception that like like you're saying that like 
like when it comes to rape, it's just some random man on the street that's going to rape you. All the times, most of the times, it's someone the victim knows. Yeah. Like we said, it's someone the victim actually knows. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that that continues to be a common misconception. And yeah. I think there's not even awareness around that. Like you're saying, especially with family members as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, people in your family that may be like really well regarded, it's like you, have, you bring such accusations yeah. against your own uncle. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Though that that's I've seen quite a few cases like that even in Cameroon where it's an uncle, <laughs> it's a brother, yeah. it's a friend, it's a family member, it's a father, it's a father. I've heard it's a father. Mm. Yeah, it's it is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't have more to add. You said it. You said it all. Uh, so now my next question is. Hmm. Obviously, we are not apologists of sexual assault here. We're no. not apologists of violence or rape. But no. is there ever a time when sexual or physical violence should be forgiven? I could not think of any. I could not think of any mm. scenario. Mm. I cannot think of any scenario. Mm-hmm. But that is down to the to the victim. The victim. I cannot tell them that they cannot forgive mm-hmm. whoever did this to them. Mm-hmm. If they choose to forgive them, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But by law, <laughs> you should be punished. Yeah, should be punished. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I agree. And I think it does yeah. down to the victim. It's down to the, because I think when you're you're going through so many emotions, mm-hmm. like you can't like you one moment you may feel, yeah, I'm doing great and I'm ready to move on with my life. The next day you're completely crumbled. So I think um me like me personally, personally, if that was to happen to me, I don't know if I would have the heart to let that go. Mm-hmm. I may like forgive you like from a distance. Yeah. But I'm still taking it to court. Yeah. You know, if I have to, if I know that there's a possibility for you to be to get for me to get that justice, mm-hmm. yes, I will do that. But maybe I'll try to like let go of, you know, the the hurt, maybe by forgiving to like just let go of it. Yeah. But that's just me personally. But Everyone can cope differently. Yeah, exactly. It just yes. depends how you cope. Because I know even like in 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 like a most religious um cultures or relig- religious backgrounds, they'll say, "Oh, you know, uh, the court encourages you to forgive, and you know, you have to forgive this." That's what sometimes even with pastors mm. they they say, even with your husband or like mm-hmm. your 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 spouse, your your partner, um, they would encourage these victims or like uh, survivors to you know forgive and let. Don't don't go and report it. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think that's actually wrong. That's wrong. Mm. I think that's wrong to mm-hmm. tell someone to do that. Mm-hmm. Because sure, you can say for the purposes of your own healing, mm-hmm. like you're saying to let go of something at some point in your life to be like, okay, I have forgiven that person, whatever it may be. But mm-hmm. that does not mean even bib- biblically there is still justice. Mm-hmm. Justice is still an idea. Yeah, Like, you know, we talk about like God's judgment and all these things. Mm-hmm. That is not to say that there will be no kind of like consequences for the person no no i yeah. think that is quite manipulative it's yes quite, it's literally gaslighting this victim yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i was just gonna mention that. it's just gaslighting <laughs> yeah yeah it's not something you forgive because mostly harassers and abusers they do it again mm-hmm. so there there is there tend to be a repetitive action yeah mm-hmm. so it's very difficult to actually advise someone to forgive them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah but as you said it's down to the survivor but 
it's nothing something that, that I advocate for. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no, I would not encourage everyone to say, oh, you yeah. know, me personally, if someone I know got sexually assaulted, I'm going straight. To, I would try my best to. I would yeah. encourage them to report it. I wouldn't be like, oh, forgive. <laughs> No, I'm going to feel that anger in me mm-hmm. because I would not want to see that happening to anyone. Yeah. And that's, I think that's to be the case for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, it's down to the person, but I would mm-hmm. not encourage them to forgive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the situations where I think people get a little, like, they don't know when it comes to this forgiveness is if, if for example, they have a partner where they're like, oh, they have anger issues. When they get yeah. mad, they just see red and you, no one knows what's going to happen. And I feel like those are cases where somehow people find the ways to like sort of be like, oh, but they're just an angry person. Oh, but they just have a short temper. Yeah. Da, 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 da. That is, that's the most like the common herd excuse for domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he forgave me. He mm-hmm. cried and yes. begged me. He's not going to do it again. Mm-hmm. I believe him this time around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That, that, they yeah. never in that one round. Mm-hmm. No. It happens again. It would happen again. It will happen mm-hmm. again. That mm-hmm. anger, that temper could take you to your grave. Yeah. Honestly. Like, yeah. We see, we know that it's not easy to come out of that situation. It's yeah. usually a cycle. But I think in this case, you really have to take that strength and can fight and just get out of it as soon yeah. as you can. Yeah. I would not encourage someone to stay yeah. in that cycle. No. I, I have a question for you guys. Okay. <laughs> a bit of a tricky one, like, that just came to mind with this R. Kelly situation. Mm-hmm. One thing that people brought up and that was brought up in the documentary, I think Surviving R. Kelly, mm-hmm. I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. I remember the name. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they looked into R. Kelly's history and they found that he himself was a victim of sexual assault. Yeah. So does that mean R. Kelly is not to blame for his actions on other girls it was actually because he was a victim himself that he is now doing such things what are your guys thoughts on that i'll start (laughs) (laughs) she's ready yeah it is not his fault that he was abused Mm -hmm. but it is his responsibility Mm. to heal yeah Mm. that's what i would say just everyone can go through trauma in their Mm -hmm. lifetime you know that's we understand that but you are a whole celebrity, first of all. Yeah. You have money to be um, getting rid of these lawsuits, mm. you know. So you definitely do have the money to get yourself a therapist. Oh. You know? Yeah. You have the money. You have the fame. You have everything. You can get people, get a surrounding that will enable you to heal in this scenario. Obviously, this may vary from person to person. But we cannot sit here and... Um, uh, overlook and justify no. uh, criminal actions because they've just happened to them. Like, yeah, no, get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to yeah. repeat that. Exactly. Not going to justify it. Nothing can justify it. No. Just because you went, through, no, it doesn't mean you have the right mm-hmm. to do it to someone else. Yeah. Now, I think now the real question is: Is jail always a solution? Like mm. life imprisonment? You know. And that's like a different like side question of like, okay, do these people need help or should they be sent to jail? I mean, they probably need both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I would not excuse jail time mm-hmm. yeah. to get the support they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Very, very well said. So now, um, 
we obviously want to improve this case and we want to see better outcomes for sexual and gender-based violence. But what has been done in the past? I'm, I'm going to ask you, Councilor <laughs> but what, in your field, maybe in healthcare, working and like in the field of global health, what have you seen that was done in the past? What worked well? What didn't work well? Yeah. Uh, something that has worked well in this case, in many cases, especially in the workplace, sexual harassment and violence is the, the role of the, re- the leadership. Mm-hmm. So the leadership should be very strong, putting mm-hmm. place human resource policies that are like very protective and that are very gender responsive. Mm-hmm. It's very critical. Mm-hmm. Those things tend to work. Mm-hmm. So that should be put in place. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you at, look at the country, for example, almost around 68 countries, they don't have a sexual harassment policies within their workplace, within wow. the health sector especially. Oh. So it means that there is no legal background for you to actually report. Mm. So having those legal foundations to begin with yeah. is a, a big need and it would work somehow, mm. but it needs a good readership to implement those. Mm-hmm. Mm. those. Those should be something that we need to think of when we think at the policy level yeah. that could actually work. Mm-hmm. But actually, when you actually go to the community level and see is like we need to actually disrupt the gender norms yeah. that normalize this. So when you actually go to other countries where they are like they have like progressive feminist policies, mm-hmm. they actually are really good in managing those cases mm-hmm. and having those cases in a lower amount when you compare to a country where there is the culturally these acts are somehow accepted. Yeah. Uh, they may not be encouraged somehow, but they're somehow tolerated as a yeah. normal. So disrupting that social norm is very critical and that could be a way to actually address those issues. So I that's are the two examples that I would say mm-hmm. work. Yeah. I, I really yeah, I really like the point about tackling the social norm. Mm-hmm. Like it's just too normalized and it's almost like, you know, there's this culture of just making it seem like it's just something that happens. Mm-hmm. But no, you're right. Like mm-hmm. that needs to just be reversed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that should start from the young age. Like, mm-hmm. what, like, w- for example, when women or men, when once they start, to, for example, I'm talking from the perspective of workforce, mm-hmm. once you enter in the workforce, first you're probably in your mid 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somehow it would be very difficult to actually change that mindset. So, mm-hmm. but from the young age, like both male and women, like mm-hmm. they should be actually uh, made awareness about these societal norms, what's right, what's wrong, what's sexual exploitation, abuse, and harassment, mm-hmm. what's, uh, what's, like it's somehow I mentioned it earlier, it's a human rights issue. So knowing about this violation should be something that is taught in school. Yeah. And somehow frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you've touched on quite a few things that yeah. we, we, I was even thinking of. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think most, a lot of the time when we go to some of these like women conferences or like gender-based um, violence conferences or events, it's majority women. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, it's usually like a lot of women that are filling the room. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would say even like um, I saw, I came across this reverend father that, that started this um, husband school ah. set up in Sierra Leone. <laughs> yeah. So one of these husband, husband schools, they were, it's like a male community mm-hmm. um, advocating um, basically volunteers that are encouraging their male peers to change their attitudes and behaviors. Mm-hmm. And their aim is to make life safer for women and girls and bring about justice for survivors of gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. So men have learned about legal and human rights. So as you mentioned, um, educating in schools. But also I would say a lot of the times even educating 
professionals like men, mm-hmm. men, fathers, brothers, having specific targeted intervention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have them as allies to to help out. And it's been quite effective, actually, because participants have reported a change in male behaviors as well as improved family relationships. But a lot of these men have actually admitted to having been perpetrators of physical violence with their wives, etc. So they... Yeah, they were they went through that <laughs> that school, <laughs> that training, and they yeah. they could see a change in behavior mm-hmm. because there, it is possible to, to for 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 being to be redeemed. But you know, the work needs to be done. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, to target different audiences. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I would say so. Is there anything else that you think what what else can be done better? Well, what mm-hmm. do you think you want? What do you want to see? Mm, more of these husband schools. Yeah. <laughs> More funding for yeah. husband schools. More funding for husband <laughs> schools. Yeah. yeah. And it worked. I, I think mm-hmm. it's it really works. And this mind shift, mm-hmm. this like mental thinking, that, that should be something that we work on. Even if you have mm-hmm. like every policy in place, everything mm-hmm. in place, as long as that person is not mm-hmm. like actually disrupting that mindset that they have, that's mm-hmm. normal if, if I touch you. Mm-hmm. So... That should be something broken, and it would take time. Yeah. It would take time. But that is like I think the long term uh, strategy. Strategy. Yeah. Yeah, I think act- actively involving yeah. different allies, including men. That that I think that that's a great solution, mm-hmm. and even um, having ensuring that uh, the people at risk are usually the, at the forefront of policy making as well mm. and decision making so having more people that are disabled in mm-hmm. positions where they can ma- influence policies yeah. uh maybe even female heads of households that we mentioned earlier yeah. even children young people mm-hmm. involved in in some of the policies especially in community mm-hmm. in community action not just having i don't know um i don't know like a I don't know, like whoever is the leader of your community. So having these people, these particular people that are most likely to be at risk to represent their communities effectively, mm-hmm. what I would say would be um, a change. And also letting people know about their rights because yeah. in some of these countries, they don't actually know no. what their rights are. And having that big ban, like no to physical abuse, no to sex. Let's not normalize it. Let's mm-hmm. make it like a big deal when it yeah. happens. That's what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. Let's make it a very a big deal. When somebody claims, let's make it a strong, if it's a, an allegation, it is a strong allegation. Yeah. And we will not just say yes, we've heard another story like this. Mm. Yeah. 100%. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. So now my last thing is just to end on a, you know, positive note what do we want to tell our globies what 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 can we do what 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 advice would you give to the listeners what can they do personally in their lives what would you say hmm Hmm. i feel like a lot can be said (laughs) um who do i even target first (laughs) (laughs) i mean i guess to kick us off i will still carry on with like men Mm. um you know, when you're there, especially by yourselves, when you're just by yourselves in your little groups with your friends, with your boys, um, and people are speaking in a way of like, ah, even as a joke of like, yeah, I'll just slap her or something, or mm. you know, just some of these jokes or not taking rape cases seriously, mm. or sometimes there's a story in the news and then one of your guys reacts in a way like we spoke about, like, oh, she's just looking for attention, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Check them. Check them. Mm. Call them out. Mm. Actually correct them. Mm-hmm. In those moments. It may feel like, oh, because they're just joking, blah, blah, blah. I should just like laugh along and keep it going. No, actually check them. No. Actually take the time. 
And just, 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 I'll just echo what you yeah. just said. Um, a lot of the time, men listen to men. Mm. So if you're able to check your boys or check your your male friends or whatever, like they are more likely to listen to you than to listen to another woman, unfortunately. Mm. Um, so yeah, you do have that power. Use your male privilege to. <laughs> yeah, it is a privilege to be a man. It is a, use your male privilege to to ban and to to discourage. Uh, uh, normalizing uh, sexual assault or violence in our mm-hmm. communities. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would advise them also to actually support the reporting case, mostly, uh, for example, check on your colleagues mm-hmm. or your women, like family members, mm-hmm. if these things happen, because it actually happens. One in three women are uh, being affected. Mm-hmm. So I would advise you to actually... If you're a bystander, mm-hmm. just report it. Be a witness on this case. Don't be scared. Mm-hmm. So encourage the woman to report that case and follow up on that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I would also advise for you to actually be an advocate. Mm-hmm. Like you should be very much a, a, an advocate against gender-based violence, mm-hmm. gender-based sexual violence. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, as we believe, it doesn't have to be a big advocacy, mm-hmm. global advocacy, original advocacy. You can start from your home. Mm-hmm. Changing one person's opinion or narration of this thing mm-hmm. could actually make a change. So if you start from your family and start teaching, start mm-hmm. making awareness, encouraging your kids or your colleagues, your sisters to report, to call out the case. Mm-hmm. And that could yeah, make a huge difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I absolutely agree with that because I think the other problem um, that you see with victims is like, even before maybe some act of assault occurs, they know the kinds of conversations mm-hmm. people are having. They know how they react to these news stories. Mm-hmm. They know how they react to R. Kelly. So even these little comments of like, Oh, I don't think, I think R. Kelly should be forgiven, whatever. That can actually discourage someone if they're maybe actually facing through something Mm. or at a point where they do go through something that could actually discourage them. So I actually agree. Like it can also just begin in the home and just Mm. how you talk about certain things. Mm. Absolutely. I'm going to go in a bit of a tangent. Mm. Um, I'm speaking to the traffickers, the sex traffickers, please. I don't know what to say to you, but just, just stop. Just, it's not right. It's not okay. Make money in another way. It is cruel. It is, it is inhumane to, to, I don't know, kidnap young women, kidnap children. You're destroying a potential life. And some of you may, may, may even, um, you may not even think that that's your family member because you think that's somebody else, but it could be you. So let's just have some empathy here. You may not listen to this, but I'm just going to say that that's, that's just cruel. Like, I don't mm-hmm. even have empathy for mm-hmm. you at this point. Like, this is it's absolutely cruel. And for um, for survivors of sexual assault, sexual gender-based violence, ooh, mm-hmm. I would say it's okay to seek help. It's okay to say you're not okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay to to admit that things are not okay and it's not going to you're not going to heal in one go because you may have some relapses here and there but please like do seek help there are we're going to put some links in the description on where you can go if you have been a, a victim of of any of the things we've mentioned in this episode please do seek help because it's it's highly encouraged and we do not want you to suffer in silence or mm-hmm. suffer alone or think that you're alone as we mentioned one in three women go through these issues mm-hmm. so you you might be surprised. A lot of women have actually gone through something similar. Mm-hmm. And and anyway, to, to, to the boys, like to men, like you, mm-hmm. if you're not sure, ask the women around you how if they've ever experienced any form of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. A lot of them will tell you that, yes, they have. Mm-hmm. 
yes, they have. Yeah. And even for all of us, I think in general, to be wary for male victims as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're also at high risk of just not being believed, whether it's like by the people around them, whether mm-hmm. it's by the policemen when they go to report it. If it's a man coming to report, have been raped by a woman most times, they'll be like, ha. <laughs> You're lucky. Yeah, you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> or cases of, of course, a lot of times we hear about teenage boys and teachers having sex with them. And people are like, ah, that's the dream. As a guy, that's the dream. No, someone could have actually been traumatized by that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, and then again, I think for for survivors, um, I still think it's important to share your story. Like you're mm-hmm. saying, um, we can never hear too many stories and your story deserves to be heard as well. You don't have to share it with the world, but, you know, share it with someone, share it with someone you trust. You may think, oh, no one will believe me because I, I am this way and that way. No one would think someone could have wanted to, you know, do that to me. But your story deserves to be heard, too. Yeah, absolutely. And we believe you. Yeah. We believe you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. Um. Then the last thing for me, I guess, for different business owners, Mm -hmm. I think there's different things you can implement. If you're a club owner, for example, you own a bar, there's different things you can implement in your, like, you know, venue to actually keep an eye on these certain things. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I've heard of certain bars where um, if you go to the bartender, a woman is someone, doesn't have to be a woman, can give a, like a code, Mm -hmm. a word to just kind of alert the bartender that like, hey, something is up and the bartender can sort of help you out or get you out of a situation, call a cab for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is obviously, you know, when you're out there um, in the club or wherever, Mm -hmm. someone offers to buy you a drink, actually go with the person. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't just accept a drink from anyone anyhow Mm because they could have put a drug in there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've seen some venues, yeah, they do offer to give you like a... uh, a cap mm-hmm. on top of your glass to just make sure that even when you're not watching someone doesn't sneak something in because there's videos out there of people doing oh that God, yeah. <laughs> um and i think i've seen some innovation actually so maybe we need more research into things like this or funding where um there's a company that made like this nail polish mm. where if you sort of like put it into your drink it can change color if there's some sort of like weird drug in there mm some kind of roofie in there so we need more stuff like that on the market i think yeah absolutely so stay awoke implement some policies in your in your businesses to just you know keep your employers aware of like even when people are having fun to just Mm -hmm. keep an eye out keep an eye out yeah no that does that's a very good idea i like that and just just one final 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 thing um we, I feel like we've addressed, we've mostly targeted the survivors in this episode. Um, but I also do want to just highlight that as a community, let's not put too much pressure on victims to protect themselves. Let's also target the perpetrators. Mm. Let's have policies that directly target them because I can protect myself all I want. I could make sure I come home by 7 p.m. or not at a late hour. I could yeah. make sure that I dress right or do whatever. But then there's still people out there that no matter what you do, how much you protect yourself, they will still be perpetrated. They will still be either apologists or or actual uh, perpetrators. So, yeah, I think we should have more policies like directly targeting these people as well. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I think we can close it there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for listening to this episode of the World Health Investigation Podcast. And thank you to our special guest. Yes. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Yes. I feel yes. so blessed and so happy to have you with yeah. us. Thank you. It was yeah. really insightful. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. enjoyed the discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, people would learn something. Yes. It happen at the same time. Of course. Yes. Of course. Make sure that you stay tuned. Stay on our socials. Do you want to give us some social media plugs? Yes, of course. As always, you can find us on YouTube at WHI. On the... At, no, wait, at YouTube. Wait a minute. Wow. She forgot. All season have been okay up until today. YouTube, just look us up. World Health Investigation Podcast. On Instagram and Twitter, we're at WHI underscore podcast. On LinkedIn and Facebook, again, just look up World Health Investigation Podcast. We're on TikTok. Yes. And the handle is? The handle is also <laughs> WHI underscore podcast. So if you want to see small, small banter, yeah. you want to joke around, come see us <laughs> on TikTok. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's the it. end. And we believe you. We believe you. We believe you. Bye.